proposed would be scouts. Due to the interference of subterranean aliens, the original audio for this episode was lost. We have recovered what we could, but there may be some inconsistencies. Hello and welcome to the podcast Spooky Saturday. We are here to question the suspicious, investigate the intriguing, and do our best to distinguish fact from fiction. Each episode, we dive headfirst into a topic of choice and find stories, evidence, history, and more to discuss and debate. Join us in earning some merit badges, Spooky Scouts, if you survive. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was distracted because I can finally see you, and I'm pretty sure I bought that sweater today. Did you? I got this Did sweater. Did you get it at Target? No, this was a sweater I got secondhand. I don't know where oh, I got it. Oh, it's similar. I it was. I was going to send you a picture. It. It's like a turtleneck, and then it's got balloon sleeves. It's got Ooh, the this one doesn't, sleeves. This one doesn't have balloon sleeves, which is a bummer, but it was <gasps> cheap and secondhand, so, and warm. That's the best. But if Target has one with balloon sleeves, now I'm mad. <laughs> you gotta get it. I'm going to send no. you a picture after this. No. Anyway, yeah. hello. Hello, everyone. Hello. Uh, no, it's not mating season for crows. I think it's just, like, it's, you can't tell from, from this camera. It's, it's orange outside. It's, like, orange-yellow. It's, like, the color of my sweater outside. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, very orange. Uh, the animals are very upset. They're not happy about it at all. Yeah, it looks very apocalyptic. It's fun. It's fun. Anyway, I'm so, I am just, <laughs> I'm so tired because I think this smoke, like, just, and the, like, make that it's just really dark. I'm like, oh, it is sleepy. It is sleepy time. It's time for sleepies. Naps, naps bad. all around. So it's appropriate that today we're talking about subterranean caverns. Except it's horrifying. I have some fun stories that are, like... You know, I guess, hopefully we haven't looked up the same things. The ones I looked up are ridiculous, but I am going to choose to believe that they are factual because okay. that's more fun. Well, I like went down the history route again and just found some fun, just some fun history things and some things about plague doctors and caverns Ooh. and like some cool things about like Scottish history, like because I... I went down this rabbit hole of, like, I knew there was, like, a subterranean area of Edinburgh, and there's, like, a bunch of legends, including ghosts and plague doctors. It runs the gamut, so pretty excited about that. As far as, um, current events, I'm trying to think if there's any more Q updates. <laughs> Stop! Our I, favorite, I, I, our favorite time like of day. segment now, it's, like, the Q yes. update on the yes. QAnon from yes, Holly. Yes, it is, because I'm just so... I also found another podcast that talks about it every, like, couple of weeks. And I don't think... Other than, other than the, like, protests the other week, uh, I did listen to an interview with a bunch of people who were at the... at the actual protests, and that was fascinating. So... And mostly it was just, like, people saying that the Grauman's Chinese Theater was a shrine to adrenochrome, which, if you don't oh. know from previous episodes, is people eating and drinking the blood of scared children. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, which is great. It's great. It's my favorite. That's my favorite. <laughs> I don't think I have any current events. I haven't kept up. I, I haven't checked. I don't think I've gotten a new email from MUFON. You know, there's still aliens occurring. I don't know. There were policemen walking through my front yard. That's scary. Don't know what's up with that. I got to figure that out. But other than that, nothing new. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There were, there were just like policemen, like with tasers. 
And I don't know. I'm sure they were. What if they were after Mothman or something? Could be. Actually, I think. What's the one? uh, Sheep Squatch. (laughs) Sheep Squatch is in this area. Yes. So, or he was relatively in this area. So, could be anything. Sheep Squatch is probably what they were looking for, would be my guess. Yeah. Could be anything. It's true. Yeah. So, not, not too many. And also, I feel like. A lot of the current event stuff has been overtaken by these fires, at least in my area, because the whole West Coast yeah. is on fire. And, well, what's interesting about that, too, is, like, growing up, I grew up in San Bernardino, which is on fire, like, every other year. So I'm used to where I live being on fire. But I haven't experienced it while living here, which is really upsetting. Because it's supposed to be all green and pretty, and now I'm just like, oh, great, it just looks like where I grew up. I can't see anything within, like, a mile, or, like, not even that, like, half a mile. Like, I can't see, like, two houses down. It's so smoky. And all my, all my animals are fine. Like, they're all very, they're all very, you know, they're just resting. Feathers is in here with me because he's a diva. But <laughs> it's just, it's just so smoky. So... Yeah, all of the current events were overtaken by, like, satellite imagery of just, like, smoke billowing out everywhere. Yeah, I think it's like that here. We, my local news has been taken over by the fact that college came back and, surprise, everyone got corona. Oh, and my God. they shut the college down, so <laughs> that's that's been the, the, new, the news around here. Wow, are we surprised? I was like, what did you expect? Yeah, what did, what did you want? Like, what did you expect? Did you think that... Like, it, well, they weren't going to spread it? Like, they're in school. <laughs> yep. So that's the, the state of state <sighs> of things in my area. Great. Oh, Not a Doc Martin said that their friend works at the college near you, and yikes. And you know, like, it's, it's specifically the college near me because it is, like, the number one party school in America or something ridiculous. So instantly, the day they got back, they were all partying. Oh, my <laughs> and God. And gave each other corona. No. No. So. Yeah, Akira uh, Quetzal. That's what's happening. I mean, it, obviously, but it's just like yellow. It's like the. It's like pee. It's like a pee sky. Ew. So <laughs> it looks like it's gross. It's really gross. Ugh. Yeah. So other than like occasional, like I bought myself a pumpkin candle and a bunch of skulls. Nice. Oh yeah, I already decorated for Halloween because that's what I do on in quarantine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I went to the dollar store and bought like twenty skulls. Each for a dollar. Twenty dollars worth dollar store skulls. That is such a steal. It is a steal. And I'm gonna repaint them and put them on sticks outside of my house to look like the Baba Yaga house. It's the best idea. In yeah, the and world. it's cheap. Sticks are free. Skull was a dollar. All I have to do is paint them and decorate them. Everyone wins. Yeah. Everyone wins. It's so good. I'm excited to see how that turns out. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be exciting. Also, I was supposed to have a uh, outside art market tomorrow, but that got canceled because of the smoke too. So, so if any of you were gonna come to that, it's canceled because world's on fire. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Oh my God, Fox Club! It does look like the Eastern Plague Lands in Wow outside. That's what it looks like. Have you ever played oh Wow God. or the Eastern Plague Lands? Yeah, this yes. is the. It looks exactly like that. It looks exactly wow. like that. Omu, I was going to do that. Like, you joke, but I, I actually had plans to make giant, like, chicken feet for the house out of EVA foam. Do it! Yeah. <laughs> I know. Because I know how to, make like... Make it, like, heated. 
Yeah, exactly. It's like a little, I now have so much like expertise in making EVA foam BS that I was like, uh, just be perfect. And then I just like, I don't know, my motivation tanked. So I thought, let's start small with the little like spiky skulls on spikes. But I do want to do that because it'd be perfect just to use foam and just make them. So yeah. I'll get you motivated. It's hard to get motivated in these trying times. I feel it like is. I have like very tiny bursts of it occasionally, but most of the time I'm like, no, I would rather lay down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like it's either that or like, I'm like super tired all day, go to bed. And then I wake up at five in the morning, like, and I can't get back to sleep because I'm like, T- what's happening? <laughs> like, <laughs> what you are up stupid early? Like I'm up at like 7 a.m. my time and then I, you're like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, what's happening? I shouldn't be up. Like I shouldn't have been. It's just like I have been waking up at odd times. And I think it's because either the smoke or like, I don't know. So I'm hoping that sometimes that just happens to me because of like, I don't know who even knows bodies. So hopefully it'll like level itself out at some point And I won't wake up at four in the morning, like concerned about the fires and thinking like, or thinking about pigeons or whatever I'm doing in the morning, panicking about something. <laughs> Could be the season change too. I feel like that's why I'm falling apart. That and allergies. Yeah, um, my allergies are really bad. bad. Yeah, um, I didn't realize I I didn't have them before, but the pollen is so so bad this year that I'm like, why is my throat scratchy and why am I coughing and sneezing all Uh-oh. the time? And you're like, oh, is it the Rona? Is it the Rona? <laughs> yeah, I, thought I had the Rona for like two days, but I kept checking my temperature and I was like, okay, well, <laughs> except that's not always an indicator. But no. I was like, I guess I don't. <laughs> no, you're you're fine. You're doing okay. This is the state that I'm in. I'm just, like, super sleepy. Me too. Yeah, I, wanna, I think sleep- we should have group nap time. <laughs> group, group nap time. Group nap time. All right. Shall we Shall we dip into the subterranean caves? Since oh my God. we don't have any more current events. Yeah, there's... I wish I would have had more, but all I have is... You know, the world The world is on fire and also dying. We're, we live in the plague lands. It's fine. Yeah. That's fine. And we also have stories, so I'm sure we'll transition to stories at some point. I guess, like, the... the I, I looked up a couple stories that sound vastly different from yours, which is incredibly exciting. That's good. That's good. Um, I also brought to the table the fact that I just like to kind of tell this story because it's just vague enough that I feel like it's kind of creepy. My dad told me that his dad, my grandfather, who mm. we always called Shot, he died when I was, like, two, so I didn't really know him. Shot? Yeah, his because he got shot at some point. He what? Had a bullet in him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He died when I was like two. I have one memory of him, which is him buying me a Ninja Turtle. So that's all I got. Nice. But like, he helped install the lighting in Luray Caverns, which is one of the caverns near where I live. Ooh. And so he like was one of the first people to like go down in there because you have to like explore it and then like, yeah hook up all this lighting. And he said it was like incredibly creepy like yeah yeah he was just like my dad never went into detail but he was just like it was uncomfortable it was not fun there's some weird stuff he just did not like it because like you could be down there and you're putting in the lights and they go out and you're stuck like yeah in the complete darkness can you imagine and i've been to a couple we have a couple really cool deep caverns here there's luray and there's grand caverns and i think one of them 
several years back, they discovered just by chance another section of the cave that was like several football field lengths long. Oh my god! And like, cause so these caves are so expansive, and there's so much down there that we don't know about. It reminds me of the fact that we don't know we haven't explored a lot of the ocean. Yeah. So. It stands to reason there would be stuff down there that we don't know what it is or how it's evolved. I don't like it. Also, there's probably <laughs> ghosts. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. No, that's Ugh. spooky. That's super yes, that's, spooky. That's my intro to caves. That and there was like a cave when I was in high school. There was like this hole in the ground that led into a cave. Ah! And I remember we talked about going into it. It was like a little a little hole that like you as a person could fit through and that's it. But then I was like, no, I refuse. No, I don't know. there's going to be something that. that crawls out of this hole. Don't, well, just you'll never come out. Don't do that. Yeah, no, not about that. So I don't like caves. I don't like no. them. That's awful. <laughs> we don't have yeah. caves. We didn't have caves because there's no caves in Southern California that are like very deep. There's just, just there's like holes in rocks, but that's it. But I did live in Scotland, in Edinburgh, and that's some of the... It's not necessarily natural-made caves, but I have some stories about human-made subterranean living spaces in Scotland, oh. which are which is really, really awesome. So if you want me to go first, or you go first, whatever. Sure, or I want to hear about this. What is we, that? Or we both just pass out into oblivion and just ascend Take into space. <laughs> I went on this tour, and for... I. For some reason, like, I don't, like, remember it, but I know I went on it. Isn't that weird? Like, I know I, I did it, but I don't remember it. I don't know why. That's just how it is. <laughs> but I know I did it. I don't know. I was 20. Like, who knows? But when I was living in Scotland, it's called uh, Mary King's Close. And it's a, it's a 17th century street that was underneath Edinburgh. And it was also breeding ground for the Black Death. Oh, so I'm going to read this little article about it, and I'll show you my favorite pictures are one of this this cool plague doctor. His name was Dr. Doctor Ray, and he actually had the, like, bird mask. Like, he had the legit bird mask, and there's a statue of him down there. And he, Amazing. He, the way that he didn't get the... It's really interesting. I think the funniest information about about these two plague doctors that worked in Mary King's Close. The one plague doctor, his name, John Politius, Politius was Edinburgh's first plague doctor. He died in June of 1645 after only brief employment, presumably of a plague, but his successor, Dr. Ray, was promised a huge sum of money for the position, as it was expected that he too would die, but he survived and then spent 10 years attempting to collect his dues because he, they just lied to him. (laughs) <laughs> so the way that he prevented getting the plague was he wore a full leather bodysuit and a plague doctor mask. So the fleas couldn't bite him. And oh the way gosh, that the way so that weird. the way that he actually like helped people and this would actually work to like if they survived the plague obviously but to keep it from spreading when they you know how the, the plague actually gives you what's called buboes so that's why it was called mm-hmm. the bubonic plague. So the, the plague will give you big, like, festering wounds. A lot of them, like, armpits and stuff. And they were black. That's why it was black. So, yeah. They're, like, pustules. So what he would do is he would cut them off, like, c- sever them, and then take a, a hot poker and cauterize them. And just, like, oh, jam it into your skin. <laughs> While he was wearing this bird mask. <laughs> like That's horrifying. I know. 
It's it's pretty sick. Anyway, here is the statue of Dr. Ray in his bird mask. And then uh, here's a picture of Mary King's clothes, which I'll put down there, too. Um, that's the classic plague doctor mask. Yes, and that's that's a replica of the mask that he wore. So in the 1600s, so that is the the classic plague doctor mask replica, and that that leather like jerkin thing that he wore to keep the fleas from biting him, which I also thought was fascinating. But yeah, so I'm gonna read this short little article real quick. Life in the 17th century, Mary King's Close in Edinburgh was less than sanitary. Inhabitants lived in narrow, winding streets crammed into packed tenements up to seven stories high. Without a proper sewer system, tenants simply dumped waste into the streets below. Rats ran wild in the close, carrying fleas with them everywhere they went. When the fleas became infected with the bacterium Yersinia pestis, better known as the bubonic plague or the Black Death, it spelled disaster for the residents of Mary Kane's Close. When the Black Death first appeared on the British Isles, it appeared to be a problem only in the English territories. The Scots delighted in calling it the foul death of the English. Soon, however, the rats, fleas, and bacteria made their way into Scotland, and the country lost a quarter of its population to the scourge. In the tight quarters of Mary King's Close, the disease was particularly devastating. There is a persistent myth that in an effort to quarantine the victims, Edinburgh City's official, city officials sealed off Mary King's Close in 1644, leaving some 600 inhabitants to perish inside without hope. That's a that's a myth though, but that's like they do like ghost tours and they like say another one that did actually happen in another close in Edinburgh, but it was fire, and so they like there was a fire in there and just everyone died. Gosh, yeah. In in reality, the plague victims actually were well cared for, and the town council managed the outbreak efficiently and compassionately. Families healthy enough to be moved were taken to. Bear Mare, those who weren't able to be moved, let the workers know by putting up white flags in their windows so that food and coal could be delivered to their doorsteps. The plague doctor, George Ray, then came into town wearing leather from head to toe and a bizarre bird-shaped mask to help protect him from the disease. It worked, the leather kept the fleas from biting him, and he survived the outbreak. To save a plague victim, Ray would slice off the top of the victim's sore and jam a red-hot poker into the wound to cauterize it. While it was horrible, the technique did save lives. After the plague had passed, tenants continued to live in Mary King's Close up until the beginning of the 20th century, which is wild, <laughs> when it was emptied and sealed up. The last person to leave did so in 1902. The Royal Exchange was built on top of it and the close was forgotten. It wasn't rediscovered until workmen digging on the street above accidentally punched down into the winding streets. The closes were used as bomb shelters during World War II. Beginning in the 1990s, Mary King's Close has become a popular tourist site with guided tours by historical reenactors and attracts those interested in its macabre history and many ghost stories. One of the most famous ghosts supposedly living here is a 10-year-old girl named Annie who died of the plague. Believers report temperature changes and feeling a strange presence in her room. Many have left toys, dolls, and sweets for her in the close. And just talks about that there's tours given there. The best that part is about definitely haunted. Oh yeah, the best part about that is there's a picture of all the toys people leave. So I'm going to show you the picture of that because that's creepy AF. So there's a picture of all of the toys that people leave for Annie, the Ugh. the child that died of the plague. She's going to be like, "What? How is she you leaving this kid a minion? She's not going to know what a minion <laughs> is." <laughs> there's like Elmo. I see like yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, a banana, maybe? I'm not sure. Oh, well. But yeah, so that was left That was left for Annie. And I do remember going on the tour 
I think it was the t- I went on the tour of one. I think I went. There was another one that like I'm just gonna look it up because I'm not sure if I went in this one or I went in the one with the fire. Hold on, I'm gonna see if it's a different one because my memory of it is really bad. But I this one I think is more interesting. The one where everybody burned. Yeah. No, they said it was Mary King's. They said it was. Oh, hold on. Was it Mary King's clothes? Edinburgh Junction? No. I don't know. If someone like, because I swear there was a different one. But it might be the same one. But in one of in the one that I went in, there was a, a Wiccan temple in like the bottom part, like with like the pentagram on the ground. Like they said it was a Wiccan temple, and I was like, all right. And then um, sure. yeah, I'm like sure. And then um, that there was like pictures of where people had been scratched by ghosts and stuff like that. Ooh. Yeah, which was very that was actually very cool. The minion <laughs> would be haunted. I agree. I hate I hate them. They're awful. Ugh. But yeah, that's uh that's oops, sorry, I covered you with audacity for a second, Kayla. That's fine. Then but, I can um, just go to sleep and no one will know. <laughs> no one will know. We also found out that it's it's two hundred dollars to hire Jonathan Frakes on Cameo, so <laughs> Yeah, I really want to do that so you can I'll be like, Dear Jonathan Frakes, yeah. introduce this show exactly as you introduce factor fiction. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so that was, I thought that was really fun. I mean, I, especially since it was cool since I'd been there and that was neat. And then I went on a rabbit hole of a weird underground Scottish place, like places. Because there's a lot. There's a lot, actually. And they're all just really interesting because I feel like, well, one of the things is Scotland has some of the oldest visible rocks on the planet. They're like three billion years old. Like, and I remember, like, one of the, like, professors, was like a geologist and pointed them out to us and we were there. Like so the rocks there are really solid, like really old. So and that's why there's a lot of like stone and Freemasons and all that like all the that stone stuff. But there's another cavern called Gilmerton Cave Cove that they couldn't find a purpose of and they were hidden underneath an old blacksmith's place. And they have like tables and stuff down there and they don't really know what they're for. But they think that it was uh, a place for the gentry to drink discreetly <laughs> or a hiding place for religious refugees. They literally don't know, like, what these caves were for. And it's really interesting because there's, like, symbols carved on the wall. Like, here's here's one that looks like, uh, it's really dark, so I don't know if you can see it. But there's one that looks like the pyramid eye, <laughs> like the, the, the Illuminati symbol. And then uh, there's, like, a table like, they, they don't really know what it was for, but I thought that that was really cool. It seemed like a cool, like, one of those neat, uh. you can see, like, the table there. So they don't know why this person, I mean, it must have taken a lot of effort to carve this bizarre, like, I don't know, like, like, thieves, thieves den. It kind of reminds me of, like, a thieves den, which I thought was cool. It's like a, like a D&D, like, people are going down there to, like, smuggle stuff or something. Hate <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah, you can go, you can actually go in there just like Mary King's Close and go on tours, which is also really cool. So that's, uh, that's called Gilmerton Cove. And these are all, I feel like these are mundane, but also mysterious, you know, like, and Mary King's Close is haunted for one, like, that's, that's a fact. And there was a plague doctor there, which is sick. And this one is just like a spooky cave. So but these are human-made caves. They're not natural phenomenon. They're all, they were all definitely crafted by someone. I think it's spooky to me that people willingly wanted to enter the earth for any given reason. <laughs> I'm like, no, thank you. 
I like air and the sun light. Yeah. Know, trees. I don't want to go under there. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So that, again, that's kind of mundane, but I also thought it was really interesting. I love the Plague Doctor stuff because I just love that that they like made a deal with him. They're like, yeah, you could go in there. Sure. We'll give you all this money. And he's like, all right. They're like, he's going to die. And he just survived. And he's like, F you guys, where's my money? And they're like, uh, <laughs> like, uh, uh -oh. sorry. Uh oh, Mr. Plague Doctor. And he's like, what? <laughs> it's, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. Didn't, didn't expect that one. Yeah. There's also a cave in Slovenia called the Devil's Ooh. Smokehouse. Just sounds like a cool restaurant name. Right? I know. And apparently it was believed to have served as a site of ceremonial sacrifice during the Bronze Age. Ooh. Yeah. I want to go because that sounds amazing. Yeah, it sounds sick. Right? And now back to America. We're going to fly on back to America where mm -hmm. we now have the most important subterranean scientist of our time known to champion the hollow earth movement. Oh! <laughs> like the flat earth movement, but hollow. <laughs> I didn't look into the hollow earth thing. I saw where someone was like, oh yeah, this, this is in part thanks to the hollow earth theory. Oh, yeah. And I was like, nope, goodbye. <laughs> I don't want to look into that. Oh. So this guy, this guy, his name... I can't believe people believe the earth is hollow. Yep. Okay, so this guy... <laughs> Uh, here's what he believes. Are you ready? This no. Uh, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> this was in, it was in this, like, the 17, like, the late 1700s, early 1800s. <laughs> so what he believes is, my this is a quote from him. My conception of the hollow earth, based on my research, is that the shell of the earth is about 800 miles thick, from the outside to the inner surface. Oh, this is from, yeah, from, this is from another author, but whatever, it's still same time uh, this is the author of world top secret our earth is hollow oh uh he went even further in our phone call half half the planet is taken up by a surface weight and then there's empty space and then something else suspended in the center of that hollow is an interior sun that is divided by day and night sides the other part of the hollow earth theory is that near the north and south pole are substantial openings that lead into the interior now, that's the part I didn't know about the Hollow Earth theory. So, after reading this guy's, this, this guy's bizarre thing, <laughs> that, that apparently, this is what, I'll show you this picture, actually. I think this explains it better than me just, like, holding my hands up. This is what they think it looks like. I'll find a different one. So, it's one. Like, like a hole in a hole, and then it's hollow it's, in the center with a sun? Yeah, but it's, 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 like, more complicated than that. It's almost like layers, like an onion. It's like an onion. And then there's a hole oh. at the top. And they think that there's okay. like, they think there's two giant holes in the planet. Like one on the top, one on the bottom. It's like, that, are, and then the rest is like different layers inside like an onion. If okay, anyone makes a Shrek like joke, I swear to God. I was going to say. <laughs> swear to God. No. no I swear to God. No! I, I like the, the only thing I like is the idea of a hole in the North Pole because I'm one of the things I love and I don't know how to define this is like Arctic horror like when yes. you go to like the North or the South Pole 
and you're like digging and then there's like some old thing or like well, a that's hole like, into the ground that's and you're like, like what that's like in the mountains of madness it's like the yeah Oof. yeah have you ever read the shackleton books that's no. the guy that's the guy that first explored the south pole it's kind of like well, i think it was what in the mountains of madness was based on i don't remember what the book was but it's wild and it's it's true it's about this guy's story into just like going into antarctica and how the antarctica and how like the ice like makes living like groaning noises because it's so big like pushing against itself it sounds like it's alive like no so scary yeah it's really gross it's yeah it's like cthulhu stuff i know hold on i i have an important monument to show you guys so oh boy this is so this was what he what he thought was at the top of the earth a giant hole and when he died in 1850 and again this was the original scientist that came up with this and his name was just so we remember it was john cleve cleve sims jr who was an american army officer trader and lecturer so he was actually a professor as well so he wasn't dumb he just like believed in this like weird conspiracy theory that there's a giant hole on both sides on both sides See, I was thinking like a little man-sized hole, in which case I was like, no, yeah, that's No, that, that's giant. Scary. Like giant. That. And then they think there's like layers inside of it. But the best part, the best part about this guy's tale, this is the part that I thought was the best. So when he died in like 1850 or whatever, they put up a monument for him, for his hollow earth theory. And <laughs> it just looks like... It just looks like a butthole on a pedestal. It just looks like it just looks like a butthole. Girl, that's a booty hole on a pedestal. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. They're I like, don't know what else they could make it look like? If there's nothing the else. Hole. There's nothing else. This is there's his monument in like Ohio, and I'm like, uh oh, the bowl. <laughs> that's that. I'm like, maybe, like, show the earth cut in half and it's hollow no. on the inside. No. Maybe, maybe that. Maybe not the no. Control. Nope. What a glorious yeah. monument. Yep. Just, just there. I liked how they had to fence it in so it didn't get vandalized, because I'm sure yeah. that's happened. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a clear spot where you can just stick shit in, so. Literally. Gosh. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. Akira Quetzal said, if you're thinking about scary things in Antarctic, there's a there's a waterfall that spews blood red water, probably from iron, right? That's gross. That's no, I mean, I love it because I, I do, like you said about it being like Cthulhu, I feel like the concept of like deep Arctic horror is very adjacent to cosmic horror. I feel yes. like they have the same vibe. Oh, yeah. Because like another planet. I mean, it, it is mm-hmm. like another planet. There's, it always like, it always makes my brain hurt when I think that we have never seen the continent of Antarctica. It's covered in ice. Like, we don't know what's down there. There could be, like, who knows? Pyramids or, like, like bacteria we've never seen before. Like, one of the things about climate change that they talked about is that, like, as the ice caps melt, it could release bacteria we haven't encountered, which could cause another pandemic, but a bacterial one, and then we'd be screwed. Yeah, we'd be, yeah. Yep. Rip. Rip yeah, to rip. us. Or it could release Encino Man and we could have a good time. Please, the juice. Because that's, that's a great true. film. That that's true. I would like to be true. That is true. But yeah, so 
this dude thought that there were two buttholes on either side of the earth. And that's what caught... I guess what they were trying to do... Like, it, it, it comes down, like, what he was trying to do is explain magnetic fields. He was like, there has to be, like, a big-ass, like, hole or something to cause the compass to point north versus, like, the mass of the earth and all that other stuff. Um, That's interesting. And then eventually he abandoned the the series of the the onion idea and teached only one concentric sphere in the earth, not five. So eventually he was like, no, no, there's only one. There's only one. But, like, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, like, we've been to space, like... We know we know that there's no buttholes. Here's another image. Um, I like I like have this. We've been to space, Holly. God, God damn! God damn it! <laughs> God damn it! I like this one because it shows the holes, and it says Sims' idea of the Earth. I mean, this is some like steampunk bullshit, and this was uh, in the papers over 50 years after his death. So this is 50. This is like 1900s newspaper oh illustration. Gosh. I'm sorry. This is a newspaper illustration that says Sims' idea of the Earth. He thought it had a hole in it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, thank you. Great. He thought it had a hole in it. Oh boy. Yeah. I don't know. I just went with like kind of the history route on this because caves. I knew you would go more spooky, and I just wanted some interesting like ideas of what people thought like, was beneath the earth and stuff like that. And there, I could have, I actually, I thought about going, like, the mythology route, because I know there's a ton of mythology about, like, obviously, like, dwarves and, like, creatures that lived in the subterranean parts of the earth, but we can cover that another time. I kind of just wanted a fun, like, little primer of ideas of what's in the earth and places you can visit, which I think is really cool, that are man-made weird caves, so. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, and haunted. It's a bonus. And yeah, ghosts are and plague now. doctors, real plague doctors. That guy's Thank a badass. You. Like that one plague doctor, doctor. What was it again? I'm um, hold on, Doctor Ray. That's such a badass going down into that like Mary King's close with his plague doctor mask on. That was yeah, a real person. He's like him coming back out. Like I lived, bitch. Yeah. And- everyone's surprised that was a real person and that like blows my mind that that was a real person that went in there with one of those like bird masks to like just help people back when like they didn't even have antibiotics or like ppe or gloves or anything that was his ppe i know he he, he, yeah it was but it crudely that is what it was like that kept him from getting bitten by the fleas so and it kept him from getting the, like, bubo pus on him, which would have given him the plague, too. Yup, yup, yup. Fun. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> yep. Anyway, I pass the baton to you now. The baton. The baton is the with baton, me. I... The baton. Baton hole. The baton. The baton is with me. <laughs> the baton. <laughs> oh, uh. man. I looked up some. I looked up four interesting stories. We'll see if we'll get through them. Do all of them involve aliens? Kind of. Um, <laughs> That's good. I didn't go. I didn't go anywhere into aliens, which is good. So I think I managed to read up ahead of time on all of them except for the last one. So if we get to the last one, we'll learn about it together. Okay. Because I, I read the synopsis and I was like, "What?" The first one I want to talk about is the Cueva de los Tayos caves. Uh oh. In, e- in Ecuador. Those Ecuador is full of aliens. Yes. So the the summary of I feel like this South America was, has way more flaps than like than here. 
like modern flaps of flaps? aliens. They call them, yeah, UFO sightings with lots of aliens are called flaps. Flaps. They're called flaps. Come on, did you read your MUFON book? <laughs> no, I'm I'm a little behind here. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> the flaps. Birds. Birds. Are we talking about birds? They're called flaps. <laughs> because it's okay. We haven't we haven't taken our test yet. It's okay. It's okay. We're gonna do it. But it's it's interesting because I was like, I don't know. I thought you were talking about birds because this these caves are known for oil birds living oh, in them. They do. They're very they cute. flaps. Flaps. They do flap. They look like they look almost like swifts or something. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Cave swallows. But the synopsis of this is that, if I'm getting getting this right, was a gentleman wrote a book based on the telling something he was told about someone exploring these caves hmm. and finding a secret cave that had a library of books that were metal or library oh. like, of metal tablets that had engravings on it and these were in the caves that he found were definitely made they weren't natural so he found these alien made tunnels with a quote-unquote metallic library and gold and strange sculptures etc and because of this book telling of it there was like a historic expedition where they sent a lot of people, including Neil Armstrong, to try and find that cave of alien writing. Hmm. So this was like a whole thing. So, so wait, wait um, Neil Armstrong? Yes, Neil Armstrong went on the expedition. <laughs> it was like a thing. Really? I, yeah, I had never heard of it. So basically... Was um, this before or after he landed on the moon? I know, right? So, <laughs> Right. Okay, buddy. Um, no, it says the caves are located in the high rainforest, two kilometers south of the Santiago River and 800 meters west of the Coangos River. Its altitude is 539 meters, blah, blah, blah. Has a lot to do with the birds, which are very cute. You should Google oil birds. They're very cute. I'll bring um, up a picture. I'll bring up a picture. They're cuties. Um, a 1969 expedition to the cave no. is presented in... I know, right? And, you know... No! Was... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> They're very cute. They look more like uh, Nighthawks. Yes. Yeah. They yeah. have, like, that type of face. Like, Oh, my God. I'll show you guys a picture. That's too cute. My heart. A 1969 expedition <laughs> of the cave was presented in Pino Tarola's 1970 book, beyond the Andes, and the cave was popularized by Eric von Daniken's 1973 book, The Gold of the Gods, mm. in which he wrote that well, I can't pronounce, I'm so sorry, I'm going to butcher every pronunciation, but Janos, Janos Juan Morix uh, had claimed to have explored these caves in 1969 and discovered mounds of gold, unusual sculptures in a metallic library. What? These items were said to be located within artificial tunnels that had been created by a lost civilization with the help from extraterrestrial beings. Von Donneken had previously claimed in his book, Chariot of the Gods, that extraterrestrials were involved in ancient civilizations. Hmm. And as a result of the, the claims that he published, an investigation of the caves was organized by Sand Hall of Scotland in 1976. One of the most one of the largest and most expensive cave explorations ever undertaken. The expedition involved over a hundred people, including experts in a variety of fields, British and Ecuadorian military personnel, a film crew, and former astronaut Neil Armstrong. <laughs> the, what? 
The team also included eight experienced British cavers who thoroughly explored the cave and conducted an accurate survey to produce a detailed map of it. There was no evidence of the more exotic claims, although some physical features of the cave did approximate his descriptions and some items of zoological, botanical, and archaeological interest were found. The lead researcher met with Morix's indigenous source, who claimed that they had investigated the wrong cave and the real cave was kept secret. So they went into this cave, which was alleged as the correct one where all these things were located. Right. But then afterwards they learned that that was not the correct cave. They were led astray. And the real cave where these things are is is just a secret. Wow. Um, apparently some aliens underground in some secret man-made cave in Ecuador... I That's just so find weird. it wild that they had this giant expedition and they were like, come on, Neil Armstrong, there's some aliens. We gotta, <laughs> let's go, buddy. Yeah. Was this like, again, I'm just like wondering if it was before or after. I'm trying to put cute cheeks on the bird. That was my oh, like, please do. <laughs> I was trying to put, oh my God, so cute. I was trying to put little like heart cheeks on the bird. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that bit's over. <laughs> but uh, yeah was this like before or after the moon i want to know uh it should be after because it was when he was uh, considered a former astronaut at that point is what they refer to him as in this so they were just like dude buddy you've been there you know you know about this space shit come on like if we find it okay okay you gotta yeah. tell me so I guess, I don't know. I, I'd be interested to hear, like, if there's an interview with him. I didn't I didn't look into that. If they were like, hey, remember those caves? Was he just like, yeah, I don't know. They I, interesting. They made me go. I don't know. But I just think it's interesting. They got hundreds of people. Military. They were, they were I don't know like, what they were expecting. But. That's wild. Yeah. That's really wild. It reminds me of that time that they, and then you, like, hear nothing else about it. Was they, do you remember when they were like, oh, we found this, like, Millennium Falcon thing shaped in the ocean? Do you remember that? They well, said, like, yeah, yeah. it was, like, a circular thing. They're like, we're going to go find it. And then, like, I heard nothing else about it. So it was either just, like, a rock and they just gave up or, like, it was an alien ship and we just never heard about it. Alien ship. And it's been concealed. Yeah. I don't know. I will say um, I did find a forum post as well about the Taios Caves. Oh. Because they just call it the Metal Library. So if you want to look into That's it. That's cool. I, I believe they call it the Metal Library or Metallic Library. That would have solved a lot but, of problems if the Library of Alexandria had been made of metal. <laughs> right? <It was laughs> Wouldn't be gone. Thing. Like, come on. Wouldn't be gone. It would be amazing. Yeah. There was a forum post, which I don't, that has some images. And I didn't get to look... I didn't get to look further into this, but it's a forum post, so there's mm. really not <laughs> not yeah. so much as far as like resources or like citing things. But there is a link to a website that, uh, and this was posted in 2012, that says, in what may be one of the biggest discoveries ever, a team of explorers is claiming that they have found the legendary Golden Library and other mysterious treasures in the Taos Cave system in Ecuador. The team announced that they accidentally found some hidden tunnels that were obviously dug out artificially sometime in the ancient past while outside one of the main chambers. The team was able to follow one of these tunnels for approximately half a mile and came upon a large room containing the Golden Library and various other treasures. And they included some images, and I'm like, what are these? <laughs> I don't know, so I'm going to send it to you. But it looks, it's very crudely 
Like, I assume that this is metal. Don't don't know that I trust it necessarily. <laughs> or it's a little like a child's drawing. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know what's happening there. Doesn't it? Like, also, there's like an elephant. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, so basically, people are. Yeah, that's what it looks like. I don't know what. It, yeah, I don't know what that is. People that's... are mostly responding like, "Where this 2012? Where are the pictures?" <laughs> that's a fair thing. Mm-hmm. That is a fair thing. So yeah. I have questions. I think this that... also looks like a really grainy, shitty picture. Like I'm always suspicious when things look of this quality. I'm like, "Come on, man!" Right. Like, you can well, get a better picture than this. we brought our cell phone this. all the way back from Ecuador, so the <laughs> image quality dropped. Yeah, dropped once we passed the time zones. <laughs> I do think, like, I think it's interesting that one of the indigenous peoples, like, commented, like, you have the wrong cave. Hmm. Like, someone at some point, like, assuming that that statement actually was made. Right. That's very interesting. Like, they're just like, oh, this was, you were misled on purpose because... We don't want you to go into the because fair people would yeah. destroy it. Like, yeah, I don't know. I find that interesting. I find that that makes me question it, even if that statement is true from a real human being. Yeah, interesting. Well, that was a. I mean, that's a good one. That's because it's. It's. I don't know. There's no way that like. I mean, like, where's the footage of Neil Armstrong and all and all these people? Where is this? Like, I just want to know. Hundreds of people, well, like that was a real expedition, but they yeah. basically like mapped it out and were like, "There's, it's just a cave." And Neil oh. Armstrong was probably like, "You didn't pay me enough for this. Like, why am I here?" Yeah. Oh, God, that's so weird. I like that one. I, I, I think that's very interesting. I would not doubt that there's like weird caves of stuff like in South America, like that, for because sure. it's like it's similar to the idea that like. I mean, we, that civilization has been around for a lot longer than we think it has, which I totally believe that. I totally believe that. So, yeah. Oh, and yeah. Fiendish Pup is correct as well, is that the conquistadors did destroy a ton of important caves. Thanks. Thanks, assholes. <laughs> but interesting, interesting thought, because couldn't they have also have, like, bl blocked the entrances? To yeah. The subsystems of the caves like you don't even know especially if they were important to the religions of the areas because they wanted them to convert to christian to catholicism so they when were... anything like that's going to look religious right anything that's yeah mm. yeah <laughs> yeah could spain not be a dick for like one minute i mean spain and, like, spain minute. and england were just you know they were competing for dick size at that point so <laughs> <laughs> Oh my. Well, I have another one that's very similar, but this one is set in America. Interesting. Um, apparently, this is another big one. It came up. It was mentioned in forum posts when I was looking up stuff on those caves, but apparently there was an infamous gentleman named Russell Burroughs, hmm. which, ironic name, um, but he, this is in Illinois, so I'm just going to read this one a little bit because... Yeah, just, yeah, just read it. It's interesting. Russell Burroughs accidentally discovered a cave along a branch of the Little Wabash River near his hometown of Olney, Illinois, USA in 1982. Hunting for discarded archaeological relics, he found a shallow cave leading into a subterranean corridor, the likes of which you'd not expect, not expect to find in rural Illinois. The passageway was lined with oil lamps, the ceiling black from smoke. 
The 500-foot-long tunnel had several chambers along it, but what it contained, Burroughs was unwilling to divulge. In version 2, in 1982, Burroughs created a hoax, claiming to have discovered a tomb, and then tried to sell faked stone artifacts <laughs> of his own making, which he'd copied from various books. The so-called Burroughs Cave is famous for its large number of inscribed stones, often containing profiles of people who look African, Egyptian, and European, as well as Native American. On first sight, they look crude, the work of an amateur or someone meeting an imminent deadline. Furthermore, preliminary analyses of the writing on the stones revealed a mix, if not a mismatch of various styles, words, and languages that archaeologists and linguists quickly labeled as obviously fake. Uh, as early as 1983, Burroughs did place a very small collection of the artifacts on sale in a local antique shop, but if he created the entire collection, it is clear he created so many that he could never have gotten rid of them all. Moreover, it was not until 1997 that he or anyone else would cash in on the stones themselves. If Burroughs wanted to get rich from creating fake artifacts, this hoax was obviously ill-executed. But the cave is more than just a collection of inscribed stones. Burroughs allegedly found and removed many gold artifacts. These look genuine and contain the same mismatch of writing. You can only wonder why a fraud, if Burroughs were indeed would, that were indeed one, would use gold. Which, to begin with, is costly to obtain. Yeah. It is true that there are conflicting stories about this gold. Burroughs at one point stated that some of the gold had been melted down and then sold. The Swiss, Swiss author Luke Bergen claimed that Burroughs removed huge quantities of gold, had it melted down and then sold it, depositing a grand total of $15 million into Swiss bank accounts. If true, this indicates that Burroughs did indeed get his hands on tremendous amounts of gold, and decided to sell for the gold's monetary value, not the archaeological value. But others have stated that Bergen was merely told this information by a fellow researcher and possesses no evidence for his assertion. Some skeptics claim that the gold never exists, that it has never been seen. That's not true, because early researchers did see it. I have been shown color photographs of apparently gold artifacts by Burroughs himself. Huh. I still have some of these photos in my possession, and they are available for viewing on my website, says this person, on okay. iofthepsychic.com. Okay. Other critics argue that the gold was just metal finished off with gold paint to make it look real. If they are correct, then Bur Burroughs merely created these artifacts to fool archaeologists, am amateur scientists, and the media, and he could never allow any direct contact with or testing of the artifacts. It would also mean that he could not never have regarded the gold artifacts as part of a quick money-making scheme. In short, this conclusion is incompatible with the other skeptics' argument, which is that if that Burroughs tried to make money from a hoax, the golden sarcophagus and human remains. If the story is genuine, Burroughs discovered a human skeleton, a male in the first crypt. The second chamber had a funeral bier with the remains of a woman and two children. A golden spearhead lay on the woman's ribs where the heart would have been. The skulls of the children showed sides of perforation. Hmm. The scene suggested that the women and children had been murdered at the time when the male, her husband, died. In total, there were 12 crypts. The central chamber containing the golden sarcophagus was closed by a stone that had to be rolled away. Um, and then it goes on to say, like, there was a marble. There was, like, room with white marble. Weird. Uh, there were it was all of the burial sites resembled like ancient egyptian burial right like the way they were positioned and the way he described it and everything so and there's been lots and lots of research there's images of his like golden artifacts there's some different images of the different inscriptions it goes this is a very very long article it's very um i'll link it in the episode notes but that's interesting let me send you the, I'm going to send you the image of the golden artifacts, the ones that they're just yeah. like, oh, it could be painted gold. 
whatever, whatever. I remember reading an article about something similar to this that they found, or not reading, it was, uh, I watched, it was that one show, Skinwalker Ranch, that they said someone who had previously lived at Skinwalker Ranch had found artifacts similar to, like, what you were saying, someone saw them in, like, this person's truck, and then, like, they never saw them again, like, they were taken away, the artifacts were taken away. Because there's a lot of caves there that have, like, weird, like, um, magnetic and, like, like air comes out of them and stuff. Just, like, a bunch, it's in that same documentary. I think it's on Netflix or something that's just about Skinwalker Ranch. So if you guys watch that, it's worth a watch because it's just really interesting. But I think they were talking about something similar, which is really bizarre. Yeah, there's, like, a lot of argument in this article that I mean, this, if, if there was a golden sarcophagus, if this was happening in Illinois... Could this be evidence of a pre-Columbian transoceanic travel between right, the Old yeah. World and the Americas? And then, like, maybe the mishmash languages are, like, an actual genuine mishmash of cultures. Yeah, that's really interesting. Hmm, 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 hmm. So, I feel like what I got from that was, I think this guy found some stuff. I think he probably... Maybe it was a lot of gold and he just was like sweet and sold it and then made <laughs> fake stuff. That could be that it. Was based on what he found. That could be it. Like that I that's what I'm leaning towards because I feel like where I don't know. Where did all these rumors of gold come from? Someone says he has fifteen million dollars in Swedish bank accounts. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, if he has fifteen million dollars in Swedish bank accounts, he definitely got gold from somewhere. Yeah. And it's like he could just melt it down and sell it. He's like, whatever. It's gold. <laughs> right? That's so weird. And what, do, what does chat think of these artifacts? Do you think they look real? think they look fake? I mean... That they look like those Pokemon cards you got at Burger King inside <laughs> the giant Pokeball. You know, <laughs> yeah. the gold cards. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the thing, though, right? Is like, the, how easily faked is that? Pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be fair, though, those yeah, they look like chocolate like money. Plated. They look like chocolate money. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Ex um, Axi Omnibus said many archaeologists say that Egyptian commoners would have never seen an Egyptian sarcophagus. Only the priestly class and artisans responsible would have. That's interesting. And Flumpton Brunsbottom. That's not the only evidence they they said in the article is that apparently people extensively photographed whatever he brought forward like it's been like there's more things that have been photographed and recorded that was just one of the things one of the images that they had there that's interesting so take a take a peek that's a very long very detailed article that i think i i find this fascinating i'm like hells yeah actually i would never willingly go into a cave in which i am not being given a guided tour but if I ever did accidentally fall in a cave, I would hope to find some cool stuff like that. That's yeah. really fascinating. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I am I am curious though, like how come I've heard this this type of story multiple times now of like some dude found a bunch of artifacts, they couldn't get tested or whatever, and they're just gone. Like Whoa. <laughs> whoops. So I don't know. It's suspicious, but I like the idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the idea um, a lot. Are you ready for the next story? Yeah, it's oh, little, I'm ready. It's like getting progressively more ridiculous. I'm good. <laughs> okay, goodbye artifacts. They're going away now. This is the tale of 
the green children of Woolpit. Oh my god, yeah. It's a 12th century legend. Yes. I don't know if you've heard of this. No. So. Well, this is amazing. (laughs) It's a 12th century legend of visitors from another world. Oh my god. The Children of Woolpit is an ancient account dating back to the 12th century, which tells of two children that appeared on the edge of a field in the village of Woolpit in England. The young girl and boy had green-hued skin and spoke in an unknown language. The children became sick and the boy died, but the girl recovered and over the years came to learn English. She later relayed the story of their origins, saying that they came from a place called St. Martin's Land, which existed in in an atmosphere of permanent twilight and where the people lived underground. While some view this story as a folktale that describes an imaginary encounter with inhabitants of another world beneath our feet, or even extraterrestrial, others accept it as real, but a somewhat altered account of a historical event that merits further investigation. Hmm. And it's in the village of Woolpit, located in Suffolk, East Anglia. In the Middle Ages, it lay within the most agricultural, agriculturally can't talk today, productive and densely populated area of rural England. The village had belonged to the rich and powerful abbey of Bury St. Edmunds. Hmm. So it just said they just met these children? And they yeah. said Well, it says that the, the green children, a boy and a sister, were found by reapers working their fields at harvest time near some ditches that had been excavated to trap wolves at St. Mary's of the Wolf Pits. Their skin was tinged with a green hue, their clothes were made from unfamiliar materials, and their speech was unintelligible to the reapers. They were taken to the village where they were eventually accepted into the home of local landowner Sir Richard de Cain at Wilkes. The children would not eat any food presented to them, but appeared starving. Eventually, the villagers brought round recently harvested beans, which the children <laughs> devoured. <laughs> beans! They survived <laughs> beans. They survived only on beans for many months until they acquired a taste for bread. The boy became sick and soon succumbed to illness and died, while the girl remained in good health and eventually lost her green-tinged skin. She learned how to speak English and was later married to a man at Kingsland in the neighboring county of Norfolk. According to some accounts, she took the name Agnes Barr, Barr, and the man she married was an ambassador of Henry II, although these details have not yet been verified. After she learned how to speak English, she relayed the story of their origins Hmm. and says she and her brother were looking after their father's flock when they came upon a cave. They entered the cave and wandered through the darkness for a long time until they came out the other side, entering into bright sunlight, which they found startling. It was then that they were found by the reapers. Hmm. So apparently there's been many theories about over the centuries about what this could be. People's proposal for their green skin were that the children were suffering from hypochromic anemia, originally known as chlorosis. The condition is caused by a very poor diet that affects the color of the red blood cells and results in a noticeably green shade to the skin. I was gonna um, say, like these sound like kids who just like straight up like got lost and became like feral. And then, like, this, like, person found them, and they're like, uh-oh, feral children. <laughs> whoops. Oh, uh, whoops. That's yeah, what it sounds like to me. There's speculation that the children... Other commenta- commentators have suggested a more otherworldly origin for the children. Robert Burton suggested in his 1621 book, The Anatomy of Melancholy, which is a really very cool name, that the green children fell from heaven, leading others to speculate that the children may have been extraterrestrials. 
1996 article published in the magazine Analog, astronomer Duncan Lunan hypothesized that the children were accidentally transported to Woolpit from their home planet, which may be trapped in synchronous orbit around its sun, presenting the conditions for life only in narrow twilight zone between a fiercely hot surface and a frozen dark side. Hmm. That's interesting. But it's apparently like a big... I had never heard this story. Yeah, I never heard that either. either. Again, to me, it sounds like... To me, it sounds like they were just like... Their parents were like, Oh no, we don't have enough food on the farm. You sound like you're from London. And then like, they just sent them out and were like, Oh wow, or they died from like, the plague or something. And the kids were like, Uh oh, we're just feral now. We're gonna go live in a cave and eat dirt. And then like, the these people found them before they were dead. And then fed them bread and killed one of them. Yeah, probably. I mean, who knows what they could have died from. There's a million things. It could have been an infection or anything. Or, or they're or, aliens. Or they, yeah, they're aliens that were <laughs> transported to underground. They lived underground. Maybe they lived underground in hollow earth, and that's why they were in twilight because the sun <laughs> and the hollow earth. Um, yeah, maybe twilight makes people green. green. Yeah, makes people green because you don't get the right kind of sun. Yeah. Also, in chat, Axie Omnibus said that. It was before Darwin Darwin wrote on the origin of species, so not behind of scientific times. Look, people still <laughs> Look. don't believe that today. <laughs> so let's not let's not say anything about our poor historical friends because they were doing their best. People are still dumb now. <laughs> yeah, people don't believe science now, so yeah. let's not yeah. They're trying their best, you know, <laughs> with what they had to work with. Ugh. But I I think I believe these children um, emerged from the earth and were green and were also aliens. That's what I choose to believe. Maybe aliens, like what if there is a subterranean race of aliens that came to earth, helped build ancient civilizations, built these metal libraries, yeah. put a bunch of gold under the ground, and, and then had green children... Maybe these are and they're still here hybrids, and they're still here because that's what USOs are under the ocean. They're still under mm-hmm. the ocean. We just haven't found them. Yep. Maybe they they like had this civilization that was like too close to the surface, and then a couple of those kids went up there, and maybe they're half human, they're star children, and that's why they could lose their green pigmentation and become passing as human beings. I don't know. Yeah. Or they're just eating beans. <laughs> and turn green living on, living on them beans there's living on beans and just turn green i don't know i don't <sighs> know uh uso I, I is an unidentified it. submerged object which we should definitely do a show on because there's a lot of really cool stories about those including uh navy personnel seeing them that has been officially released <gasps> oh i yeah. hate that i don't like stuff in the ocean yeah I they don't. see they see like lights, just like circles of lights, like next to the boats and stuff, and then they just disappear. It's messed up. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's gross. Hate it. Ugh. Mm. Well, yeah, that was that was exciting. I do have one more. More? There's more caves. One, one more. This is the one that I didn't get to pre-read, so I think it might be fun. I read like the first bit, and I was like, "What? Do it." So this one came from Reddit. So I don't know. I'm ready. But- so this is, which which subreddit am I in? How can I see? Unsol- unresolved mysteries. R slash unresolved mysteries. Not so to be you, confused with unsolved mysteries. <laughs> unresolved, not unsolved. So you, Gridolin posts this, posted this four years ago. A while back, I was reading about people that believed in the hollow earth theory and decided to look up what pieces of evidence these people used to support their claim. 
while 99% of the purported pieces of evidence had no scientific backing or were just other crazy theory in, theories in and of themselves, there was one story that stuck out to me. And you, Gridlin, quotes this here from a website. Robert Stacy Judd, a noted archaeologist from California, tells of being in the Yucatan and entering the stupendous Cave of Loltun with a party of six researchers. They descended far into the depths of the earth and then realized that they were lost. They became very concerned when all of a sudden, from further down in the depths, a light came towards them. The light turned out to be a torch carried by an old blind hermit who told them he had seen them clairvoyantly and knew they were lost. Even though blind, he proceeded to lead them back to the earth's surface. The men were exceedingly grateful and asked the hermit where he lived. The hermit told them that the cave was his home and that he came to the surface every few months. When asked how he survived, how he found food and water to drink, he said he was cared for by the friends who lived in the beautiful inner city in the depths of the earth. He paused long enough to have his picture taken, then disappeared back into the cave. Anyways... I did some research and couldn't immediately find anything online that was published by Robert Stacy Judd pertaining to this, but further delving led me to an archive that had a list of his papers. I had several of the papers pertaining to the quote-unquote Hermit of the Lolton scanned, and what I found was rather amazing. While it completely has no mention of the Hermit being fed from beings within the Earth, the rest of the story does seem to be true, if not more fascinating. If more people are curious, I can probably post the full 30-page PDFs of Robert Stacey Judd's entire experience, but for now I'll post some of the excerpts pertaining to the hermit. There is constant mention of a photograph that was taken with this hermit I was unable to find, but believe it may be within this archive. So yeah, he has these, or they have this, it's just cool because there's this old, let me send you the picture, there's like a picture of this old document typed up with like notes on it. I saw, again, another stupid show. I don't remember what it was called. But it was about, like, people live. Oh, it was Living Off the Grid. And one of the people that they showed was a guy living living in the Appalachians who lived in caves like that. Uh, I feel it. I feel like, as someone who lives in the Appalachians, I would definitely, like, walk into a cave and not come out. I'm going to show you guys um, the notes here. Yeah, let me read. Let me read a little excerpt from this this guy's direct notes. You, yeah, so they might says, not be able to read it because it's pretty tiny. So, when the apparition fully appeared, I saw it to be an old man dressed in white robes. He stood perfectly still on the topmost boulder and appeared to be listening. I was positive my three companions were behind me. It was inconceivable for a human being to be in such an uninhabitable jungle. Later, government officials informed me that they had no knowledge of such an individual, and they are supposed to know. And two, as I later learned, our special guide was totally ignorant of the existence of a human being nearer than Tabby. How then was he here and why? Frantically, I called to the last sentry. I shouted again and again. At last, I heard his faint reply. It seemed an age until I saw him squeezing himself between the split rock. He, in turn, had called the others and slowly we edged our way across the the well wall. As we clambered up the rocky slope toward the mysterious human, my amazement increased. He had not moved, and in spite of our voices, appeared unafraid. A single piece of white fabric wrapped tunic fashion around his frail form. There's some things marked out. The the back drape end had been brought between his shriveled legs and hitched over a girdle. On his head was a gourd serving as a skull cap. In his left hand was a small double gourd from which protruded a lighted wick. 
For some time my guides spoke with him. They could not speak my language, not I their, nor I theirs, but, the, but by signs they informed me he was an ancient Maya priest, over 1,000 years old, and that he was guarding Maya treasures. Of course, the 1,000 years seemed a little exaggerated, but there was no question he was, at the very least, well over 100 years old. It took precious time to convey to him the fact we were lost and required his help to return to the lighted cavern. When at last he understood, he beckoned us to follow him. First, we lowered ourselves some 50 feet through a narrow well-like opening to a large rock-strewn cave. Then our ancient guide led us through the most extraordinary maze of caverns and rocky passages we had as yet encountered. After what seemed hours of scrambling over and around continuous piles of boulders, we crawled on our stomachs through a long tunnel and out into the central cavern from which we started. So the fuck? Like, yeah. That's weird. That reminds yeah, me... <laughs> Ooh, that reminds me of um what time this is not a good example but i'm just gonna tell the story anyway because it's funny uh my dad used to tell me this story about how one time he and my mom were like hiking at malibu creek and they couldn't get across this part of the creek and they're like way out in the wilderness and this guy showed up in like a white outfit and looked like jesus and told them to cross the river at like one point where it was like really steep and then as soon as they got to the other side he was gone but one time, my dad also told me he saw Jesus in a strip club. So I don't know. Believe your dad. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how accurate these are. Yeah, that's really. I mean, yeah, I believe that. I believe that dude's just in there. I believe Jesus was at that strip club that night. <laughs> I don't know if I, I believe. believe that. I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> God, Jesus deserves some downtime too, Holly. But honestly, after seeing that Living Off the Grid show where that dude just lived in a cave. And, like, went and bartered with people. I'm like, I I mean, who knows? Yeah. I think that's... I believe that. I believe that. Yeah. I think it is unfortunate because it does... He does later describe that he did take photos. But I guess the photos just... I, who knows where it is. Maybe yeah. I destroyed, whatever. But I I would agree with the, that user on Reddit that this is pretty... I find this credible in the way it's written and, like, how it's presented and... Yeah, wow. that's interesting. So that's really cool. Yeah, that is really cool. I like that. That's a good a good cave story to end on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's that was exciting. Thanks for all that cave research. We got some cave research. We got some modern slash historical caves. There's always more caves to talk about. That's always a... We could always be a cave-heavy show because the caves have a lot of spooky answers, I think. Yeah, I think that anything... In the ocean, underground, way far away in the sky, anything that we can't tangibly interact mm -hmm. with scares me. It's, it's hidden. Yeah. There are secrets. I agree. Yeah, well, let's let's move on to story time. <gasps> now that we've it's talked about caves. It's time to play Factor Fiction. As we all slowly just fall into the apocalypse. It's time for Fact or Fiction. We will be reading chilling tales submitted from the community and guessing, are these fact, fiction, or somewhere in between? Use your best spooky scout skills to determine the truth. Do you have a scary story to tell? You can submit them to us at SpookySaturdayStories at gmail.com to have them read on the show. Just make sure to include if they are fact or fiction and your name. 
Last week, I got home late after putting in some overtime at work. After pulling in front of my house, I sat in my car for a minute or two, more like five. When I went to open my car door, I heard what sounded like loud footsteps coming down the street. I looked out the window and nobody was outside. Why would they be? It's 9 p.m. So I opened my door and once again, the unmistakable sound of heavy footsteps. They sounded like a big guy jogging along. I looked around and there were no runners, no neighbors out, nobody. I got onto the sidewalk when the footsteps picked up, getting louder and more frequent, as if whoever was making them suddenly picked up their pace and was going to a full sprint. As they sounded off right in front of me, a strong wind blew past me and the footsteps became quieter and quieter. And that's it! Ooh, spooky! <laughs> so spooky! What do you think? Hmm. Hmm. I mean, that sounds, that sounds like, I mean, I don't see why it wouldn't be fact. That sounds facty to me. Sounds fact, factish. Fact, factish. Just toss my Well, side. everyone, let me tell you, we got you. No! It's made up. No! It's, it was the perfect length to be a, a quick diatribe of fact. You got, got this We got, time. got. Everyone. No. everyone. Oh, was that from Big Bad King Boom Boo? Oh, there was no sign-off. Oh, so... it sounds like it was from them. Well, you got us. You, you got, got, <laughs> got. You got us. You did it. Well, good job. Good job getting us got got. It was it was a, it was a good one. It was a good get because it sounded like it could be real. It, it does. Like it could be real. Yeah. Nice little 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 bite of fact, but yeah, you were you were fooled. And we were fooled. Now I'll be more suspicious. Mm-hmm. You better be. You ready? Yeah, yeah, hold on, I'm ready. Okay, story time. Okay. This one comes from Amanda. Before this, I never had anything supernatural or paranormal happen to me. At least nothing that I couldn't attribute to simply having an overactive imagination. When I was 15 years old, my mom, sister, brother, and I moved out of my father's house into a small mountain town about 15 minutes away. I remember hating the new house right from the beginning and feeling uneasy there but brushed it off as part of my own anxiety issues coupled with being in a new place. I always hated change and still do to this day. Over the months that we lived there, strange things happened, but nothing that I thought too much of at the time. It started out as simple things, such as feelings of uneasiness and dread, especially in the bathroom or near an old coal stairway in the basement. The light in my brother's room being on, even after my mother kept reminding him to turn it off, my brother was only 9 or 10 years old at the time, so he always figured he just forgot, etc. While living in this house, my dog refused to go upstairs. We didn't think much of this due to her being a rescue who had basically no experience with stairs. There was an incident where a friend of my sister's was visiting us, and the railing detached from the wall when she was walking downstairs, causing her to fall down the stairs. We didn't think much of this either because it was an older house, and we weren't sure that the railing wasn't loose to begin with. There were three instances that we can't explain even to this day. The first was a headstone that we found in the woods behind the house while we were hiking one day. We couldn't have thought much of it if I hadn't noticed the dates on the stone. They were from hmm. the early 2000s and spanned three years apart. I can't remember the exact dates. My mother, probably trying to avoid scaring me and my younger siblings, suggested that the grave might be for an animal. I doubted it because the stone was large for an animal. It was about half my height and I was approximately five foot four inches at the time. Regardless, we didn't go hiking in those woods again. The second incident happened to my mother. 
At the time, my mother was working at a local hospital and often worked evening shifts, shifts while my father had visitation with me and my siblings. On this particular day, my siblings and I were at our father's house. My mother had returned home from an evening shift and found the basement door wide open and the basement lights turns on. Before leaving the house for her shift, my mother had made sure that the slide lock on the basement door was engaged and that all of the lights were off. There were no signs of a break-in and nothing else in the house was disturbed. We moved out a few months after this incident. This was the first and only time my mother ever broke a lease early. The third incident I didn't realize until after we had moved out. I was going through some old photos of that time period and found one I had taken of my dog standing in front of the back door, the back door in the backyard. In the photo, I could clearly see a deeply tanned figure wearing a blue skirt and a white shirt. My mother and I never wore skirts, and my sister did not own a blue skirt. Yeah. Also, the photo was taken in mid-November, long after any summer tan would have faded from our pale complexions. I couldn't see the figure's face in the photo, but I knew that it wasn't anyone in my family. It should also be noted that when we moved into the next house, my dog had no problem with going up and down the stairs. I've only had a few people. Uh, I've only told a few people about these events, mostly out of fear of people writing me off as crazy or simply not believing me. Hmm. Come on. That, I mean, that one's got to be fact. That sounds like ghosties. That sounds. That sounds believable to me. I don't know. I don't believe. I don't know. I'm just going to keep saying fact, even if I'm wrong. <laughs> I guess I'm right at some point. 50-50 chance. It's like the smoke is making my like eyes leak. So I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> I can't tell anything right now. My allergies are bad. It's yellow outside. There's a Ugh. pandemic. just want to wear Everything's a bird, bad. a plague mask and just hide. <laughs> well, this story is 100% true wow we did it yay it's fact it's a fact amanda says, amanda says this story is true it really happened to me and my family Ugh. that's so spooky hate that for you amanda <laughs> like, we, yes we hate that for you we do we really do my my chair is also like scooting that's a mystery in itself <gasps> it's haunted not a chair. Dibbic chair. No! <laughs> also, I hope that you're... I know that you... Like, Kayla was like, I'm sending you a prize. I'm just gonna say I hope it's not a haunted doll. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't send you a haunted doll, but it's very large <sighs> and heavy. Okay, and thank God it's not instructions a... Okay. Online. <laughs> well, thank God it's not a haunted doll. That's all that matters. No, okay, not. good. <laughs> I'm... It better not be haunted. I don't know. No! It's not a doll. And okay. I was never told that any of these things inside that box are haunted. So. Okay. Okay, good. That's good. Sorry, I pushed the wrong button. Okay, story time. <laughs> uh, my Oh, here we go. My friend is an antique dealer who's gone all over the country buying and selling rare oddities and curious items. Last year, he bought something strange, even for him. Apparently, he found this thing in an estate sale somewhere in New York. I don't know exactly what it was called until he called me, begging me to come and see this thing as it had been doing something strange. I arrived at his storage space where he was waiting, and before I could even ask, he let open the door to the space. In the back of the unit, resting amongst the other antiques, sat a large mechanical man at a desk. It was one of those old writing automat automatons, the kind you see in museums or those old carnivals. Porcelain mask 
The porcelain mask was cracked at the mouth, and the clothing was slightly tattered. At the desk, a scroll of paper was pinned down with his arm at the ready, pen grasp in the old rusty hand. My friend turned to me, a glimpse of worry in his eyes. That's when he told me everything. Told me about it suddenly starting up the day after he put it in storage. About it writing out sentences without prompting. When he tore the paper off the scroll, he saw what the automaton had written. I am waiting. Since then, the machine had suddenly activated randomly, and he'd come back to the unit to find the paper covered in various sentences, and all in different kinds of handwriting. I didn't quite believe it until I heard the thing were to life. It continued writing as we were both drawing closer, seemingly paying no mind to us as we stared in shock. When I got close enough, I picked up a bit of the scroll and saw what my friend had talked about. Scrawled across the paper were various phrases, all in wildly different styles of writing. Where is my baby? Where am I? I need to get help. Tell her I'm sorry. I love you, my sapling. It went on and on until I got to what had just finished writing. I miss you. Buttily. My face went white at this point, and I backed away from the thing. Buttily was my nickname my uncle gave me. He died the month before this experience due to heart complications. My friend had never met my uncle, so he could have never known my uncle called me that. I left the storage unit without a word, my mind overloaded with emotions. I didn't get any sleep that night, or the next one, for that matter. According to my friend, he kept the automaton in that unit for six months, until a local psychic approached him, asking to buy it. He didn't know how the guy knew about the machine, but he felt it'd be in good hands, so he sold it. My friend never saw it again, and could only hope that, with whatever was happening with it, that psychic could help fix it. Oh no! Spooky! <laughs> I'm trying to get better at reading the stories in a spooky way. <laughs> you do a good job, and also, I really like this story. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good story. I want it to be fact, but it just seems too wild! So I'm going to have to say that it's, though, as much as I love it, and it should be, this would be a section on fact or fiction 100%. Like, oh, I guess so. Sure. Totally yeah. see it. This plays exactly like a segment. Yeah, and it'd be like the person, like the bad acting, where they'd just be like, you won't believe what I bought. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Walking home on an autumn day. Yeah, and it's like, just pans out with, like, the text. God. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to say it's fiction, but, you know, prove me wrong. Ah, I dropped my sign. Well, guess what, Holly? You got it. Yeah! Pure fiction. Our writers made this one up. I, there you go. I mean, sometimes you get got. Sometimes you get got. It could be true, but but I, I feel like it was too good to be true and too entertaining. Too so, who who sent us this one? Does it say? Uh, there's no sign off on this one either, so I won't, I will not say. Right. Well, thank you. Up in the email. Thank you, Anonymous anonymous story story writer was lovely it was very lovely (laughs) camera pans out it was an autumn day and i was (laughs) i was just walking walking my pathway to work (laughs) oh my god well do you want to do one more yeah let's do one more okay i am ready when you are okay get ready okay This one comes from Maximum Extruder. I am a runner. I know a lot of folks say runners are crazy, and I get it. They might be right. But I swear to you, I am not mad. What I saw last week was not the delusion of an addled mind. It was real. Just as real and tangible as the chair you're sitting in right now. Well. But I should start at the beginning. (laughs) How'd you know I was sitting in a chair? (laughs) 
<laughs> it was so <laughs> it was so hot last week that I waited until after sunset to go for my run. I took my usual route, you know the one, the long one that winds around the park and over the railroad tracks. Well, as I came around the bend near the pond, I started getting a strange feeling up the back of my neck. I shrugged it off as just a cool night breeze at first, but it got stronger. Something was off. Something was trying to warn me. I started climbing the hill to where the sidewalk crosses the railroad tracks. The prickling on the back of my neck was now a stinging sensation running all over my neck and shoulders. It stung like a bad sunburn. I didn't have far to go to get back home, so I figured I could just push through it. The hill really winded me, so I stopped to catch my breath and massage a cramp. I was at the railroad tracks when I heard, clear as day, someone say, run. <laughs> I didn't imagine it, and I'm not crazy, but I was the only person there, and hearing a voice like that right in my ear, combined with the stinging on my back, I bolted. It was a blind, pell-mell sprint. My heart was in my throat and lungs were burning. It was a few seconds before I realized I was sprinting along the tracks. Then I heard it, a terrifying roar that shook the world. I glanced over my shoulder and saw nothing but a blinding white light. The ground shook beneath my feet. The grinding of steel and the belching of flames was bearing down on me. The ear-splitting scream of a hellish whistle tore the night apart. Bearing down on me at a breakneck speed was a monstrous obsidian black train. Yeah. I I hurled myself off the tracks and onto the gravel berm, burying my face in my arms. A maelstrom of sparks and brimstone rolled around me. Shards of shrieking metal landed in the bushes behind me. The engine thundered past me. Tidal waves of heat and sulfur washed over me. I peeked the smallest sliver of my sight over my arm, and I wish I hadn't. I am not mad. Not even my darkest nightmares could have conjured what glowered, glowered back at me. Those eyes, pinpricks of ruby malice gleaming with infernal glee. The bare skull, ruddy with the unquenchable flames licking from within its collar. The jaw hanging slack in demonic laughter, laughing at me. In that insane, soul-shattering instant, I saw the conductor of the hellbound train, and it <laughs> saw me. No! The next, the next instant, that monstrous, devilish engine had disappeared around the bend. I lay there in the gravel, scuffed, burnt, and breathless. I don't really remember getting home. It was all a daze. I can't tell you why I saw it or what it all means, but I can tell you two things. I am never going to cross any railroad tracks ever again, and I am not mad. Eh. Eh. No! I don't like trains. I, don't, I just don't like trains. I just don't like trains. I like trains, like, in the UK, but I don't like trains in America. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I don't like Ghost Rider driving <laughs> a train. Hey, I'm, I'm Nicolas Cage. We got to steal the Declaration of Independence. And also drive this hell train over the sky. Hell train! Woo! Um, man, I think that's another too good to be true one. Like, as much as I want to believe in a hell train, I think it's going to have to be fiction. That's, this is that's... another one that's like straight from fact or fiction. I know. This hell train 100% would have been on the show. 100%. They would have been like, and that was like the exact, the really visceral imagery. And they would have been like, Jonathan Frakes would have been like, this happened somewhere. Somewhere in Maine in the, in the 1980s. Well, guess what? You are correct. No. This one's 100% fiction. Our writers didn't get you. You got didn't it. Get you. You, you got it. You didn't get got. This one's fiction inspired by a joke I heard about looking left <laughs> and right before you cross the tracks because you know ghost trains. <laughs> 
That's amazing. That was a great story too. Super, super vivid. I love it when we can like get transported into a spooky world. Yeah. Thank it's you wonderful. to Andrew, aka Maximum Extruder. Thank you, Maximum Extruder, for that story. Um, I don't know why we say your name like that. I apologize. <laughs> Extruder. <laughs> Extruder. We uh yeah, so I think that's where we'll we'll head off tonight since we're both suffering from these uh, the allergies of it's each of our time. the pollen where Kayla is and the literal apocalypse plague hellscape where I am currently. So just keep your keep your peepers peeled. Make sure to not fall into any earthen buttholes. I was going to say that everyone should go follow the Etsy store, which is etsy.com slash shop slash hens because there will be stuff put up on there. Thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And thank you for your support. We appreciate you. And we couldn't do it without you and your wonderful stories. And send those in, too. And we will see you soon. If you're in the line of the fires, please stay safe and mm-hmm. take care of yourselves. And we'll see you next time. Spooky Scouts. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for Spooky Saturday. I'm Kayla Klein, and you can find me at KaylaKlein.com or on social media as at K-A-Y-N-C-L-I. And I'm Holly Conrad, and you can find me on social media as at Holly Conrad or at Commander Holly, and you can find us both at WeGrowingHens.com. We hope you enjoyed learning and speculating with us tonight. If you want to find out more about Spooky Saturday and becoming a Spooky Scout, you can find links to our social media, Discord, and more at SpookySaturday.com. If you want to toss a coin our way, you can offer the podcast some sustainable support by subscribing to Patreon.com slash Spooky Saturday. Spooky Saturday airs live Saturday on Twitch.tv slash WeCrowingHens at 3 p.m. Pacific.